Der Fußball ist zurück in der zweiten Liga. Rechte Neckfahne mit dem linken Fuß. Bringt den Ball auf den zweiten Pfosten. Tische! Tor! 1 zu 0 für den VfL Bochum. Da draußen ist der Ball frei. Und jetzt ist er drin. Jetzt ist er drin. Und hier ist Botzen, macht das Tor. Und er ist drin. Buchmann, Buchmann, Buchmann macht das zweite Tor. Da ist das Tor. Der zählt das 2 zu 2. Drist ist wieder da. Größer ist da. Für Rausch, der setzt an zur Flanke, da kommt der Ball, Tor, 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 We welcome you to another episode of the Schweizer Bundesliga podcast and we only have the one match day remaining coming this Sunday and then of course the relegation playoffs are just around the corner. We don't have the answers as to who will be the second team going up and the other team that will be playing Stuttgart in that playoff. Neither do we at the bottom. We know Verhard Wiesbaden from the Dritte Liga will be that team, but will it be Ingolstadt or Sandhausen? You join us to have a look at all the action from match day 33 in a massive, massive round of football. And of course, we'll be looking ahead to the final match day of the season. Joining me, as always... For an episode of this magnitude is the one and only Eva. Eva, how are you doing? Very good. How are you doing? Very good. And of course, we have brought back Elliot once more. He travelled to Hamburg with the Bochum faithful for their 0-0 draw with St. Pauli, which we'll talk about later. Elliot, how are you doing? Yeah, very good, thank you. Very good weekend up in Hamburg. Fantastic. Uh, we can't help but start... With what was the biggest game of the match day, it was Paderborn and Hamburg. A game of massive significance, and it was Paderborn who did not only the favour of many in the, the particular city of Hamburg who don't support Haasval, but ensured that next season we'll be talking about the, the great northern club for another season. Four goals to one was the final score. Sebastian Vasilidis with a brace and Christopher Atwi Ajay. Also, with a brace, Rick Van Jonglen giving himself on the score sheet for highest Val. It means that Paderborn are still a point on top of Union, which we'll talk about next. Uh, for Hamburg, it all but guarantees their place in the Spider Bundesliga for next season. Uh, Ellie, I'm going to start with you. A game that was, you know, Hamburg didn't play particularly bad, but they just couldn't convert on the score sheet. No, um, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, really. Again, though, it was a real statement of intent from Paderborn at home in front of their crowd. Um, I, I thoroughly deserved win, in my mind. Uh, slightly poor defending from Zakai for the first goal from Hamburg. Um, huge mischance from Lazogo, 1-0 down. And then conceding 23 seconds after the interval. They never really recovered from that. Paderborn completely dominated the second half and fully deserved it. Um, but yeah, it was quite funny. Up in St. Pauli, the largest cheer of the game by far was when the Hamburg result was read out because, as you said, uh, no, no more first division anymore for them. They will be playing in the Zweiter Liga next year and Hannes Wolf got to be on borrowed time. Um, huge <clears throat> disappointment for Haussau, but yeah. Fair play to Paderborn, and thankfully it sets up a grandstand final match day in its title Bundesliga. And it does, and you, you look at Paderborn, they hadn't beaten Hamburg this season. They lost to them 2-0 in the Cup, and they lost to them at home earlier, oh, sorry, away earlier on in the season. 
Um, massive result for them either. Um, it puts them in the driver's seat for that automatic promotion place, which we'll talk about later on in the program. Another impressive display from them uh, and a good response after the defeat to Bielefeld. Yeah, maybe we did them a favor after all um, to yeah get their mind set up. But I think um, it was a well-deserved win uh, after they didn't use those great chances in the in the second half. I think um, from sixty-fifth to sixty-six minute, there Clement had like two or three chances. Uh, then Heisfall got one back. So I think some some Paderborn fans thought, okay, that can go the wrong direction now but uh, then Heisfeld didn't really yeah, continue to to go on that streak and then Paderborn we talked about plenty of times this season if they start to score they like they just don't stop um, and yeah it's it's huge for them I think uh, they throughout the season they really deserved there's uh standings and yeah it's uh it's going to be interesting to see whether they pl- will have to take on Stuttgart or they will get automatically promoted that we will wait and see but that other team that is in with the chance of automatic promotion is Union Berlin they were comfortable three goals nil winners over Magdeborg Grisha Primmel opening the scoring on eight minutes and a brace for Sebastian Polter, who started alongside Sebastian Anderson. It worked very well for them. Uh, Promo in particular in midfield, we was fantastic. The win ensures at least a top three spot. They'll be either in the playoff or they'll go straight up. For Magdeborg, it ends what was a turbulent first season in the Spider Bundesliga. They will be going down. And they hope, as has been mentioned on their Twitter, that they'll be back in the next three seasons. Uh... Eva, I guess we should start with Union. Massive win for them to win at home, which they've done so many times before this season. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, it was a really um, yeah, good performance, but a calm performance as well. It was uh, really grown up, you could say. They really... Um, yeah, it, it, they didn't seem to have... Huge, huge struggles against that Magdeburg side. Um, in in comparison to to Darmstadt uh, last week, uh, really good reaction to that last game. And um, yeah, now they have it in their own hands. They do. Uh, obviously, there's still a point behind um, Paderborn. We'll get through the scenarios when we talk about the preview for match day 34. Um, Elliot for Magdeborg, it is the end of the road. It's been a very tum- very difficult past couple of months where they looked in a position of safety. Now they go down. Uh, how do you reflect on what has been a very tough inaugural season for Magdeborg? Yeah, a um, bit of a surprise. I remember a few weeks ago, we were fairly confident that they would at least finish in the relegation playoff spots. Um, no one was going to predict the late resurgence from Ingolstadt and Sandhausen. Um, but no, it is quite sad to see such a historic team um, failing to reinstate themselves in the Fighter League. However, even just reviewing the game from the weekend, if you look at the goals they're giving away and you look at the magnitude of their defensive errors, it's easy to see why they've not made the grades this year. Um, 
obviously conceding in the opening 10 minutes isn't going to help you. And then awful back pass from Preislinger, which is completely... Um, put his defender under the bus and yeah I mean unless there's a 21 goal swing um, Union aren't going to finish well they need to win they definitely need to win in Bochum um, but again if and but but I think they're fair to go down defensively they've been poor this season um and you do have to give credit to Ingolstadt and, and Zandhausen for their incredible form of late. But no, we'll be saying goodbye to them for next season. That we will. We'll go to our last Group 1 games, which was in Köln. It was what was meant to be a celebratory outing. Saw defeat in many respects. Jan Regensburg 5, Köln 3. Uh, plenty of goals in this one, which was fantastic. Uh, a brace from Sargis Adimian. His uh, chip, or his second goal in particular, was a thing of beauty. And despite going down to 10 men when Jean Corder was sent off, Kern managed to score three times in the second half. Shows you the uh, the might and power that they have. Nevertheless, they still lifted the trophy in celebration, and they had many cultures through the night. But, Elliot, of course, this really was a bit of foreshadowing as the new manager for Kern for next season will be Akim Bialotza. Yeah, and I would love to be in a fly on the wall and see any discussions or celebrations between the two. Um, no, it's quite an interesting one there. Before she starts, congratulations to Eva for pre- correctly predicting this one. <laughs> um, I'm sure she'll eventually that later. But no, Kern, I mean, appeared to have clearly been celebrating too hard after securing promotion last week at Grote Surf. Um, especially the, the first goal, mix up between Timo Horn and Kikos, and it was a terrible, terrible own goal, and that really set the tone of, of the game. Jan, again, coming to be part of Pupa's credit where it's due, they played incredibly well, but just some really slack defending from Curland. Yeah, last week, Eva predicted it perfectly. They were complacent, didn't really seem up for the game, um, <clears throat> obviously already sealed promotion, so not a lot to play for um, but no credit rights to Regensburg did well was a shame that Kern's late resurgence couldn't see them equal the scores and yeah tameish celebrations at the end but um, yeah all in all fully deserved champions even though they're finishing with 62 points not dominance at all but they do deserve to be back in the Bundesliga huge club that they do we will talk about Jan and their performance, Eva, I think I feel like the floor should be yours. To talk about uh, the excellent performance from them and how they caught a side like Köln napping. Yeah, I think um, it it was that that first goal was more or less describing the whole game. I think that that corner and then Chihas just gets his head into it. Um, I think. How the game started that way after Cordoba and Risse had the first chances of the game uh, that was really playing into Ringsburg's cards and um, then they had plenty of chances afterwards um, and of course Cordoba getting sent off is definitely yeah, the turning point of the game as well because you see how they played with one man down if they would have been all 11 so Köln 
that would be might have been a, a, a different game. But yeah, I think um, Regensburg always was, although they did concede three goals, they always seemed to be the winner of this game. And yeah, it's I think losing by a lot such a current is a huge loss for them. It's going to be interesting to see how who they will bring in for the new season. And that is something we will talk about later on in the program. We'll take a quick breather. We'll head to our Group 2 games in just a moment. Ingolstadt and Darmstadt to kick us off. Yes, and we head to Ingolstadt for the start of our Group 2 games. They hosted Darmstadt knowing that a win would play the cards for those teams down below, but also potential help could see them in the hunt for automatic survival. They did themselves no harm whatsoever. Three goals to nil win for them. Sonny Kittle's excellent free kick opening the scoring. Goals for Dario Lescano and Stefan Kuchka. The result means that they're only two points behind Sandhausen and the revolution of Thomas Oral. I know we've said this quite a lot of recent weeks, but it's hard not to marvel what this guy, this man has done to turn Ingolstadt's fortunes around. Um, Eva, another fantastic performance for them. Another three points, another step in the right direction. They can't go down now, and maybe they could secure automatic safety. Yeah, although I'm risking really pacing Alex off, I do not hope that will happen. <laughs> no. Please, no. Um, although I think they have really good chances against Wien. But yeah, I think uh, Regen first half, and then although they pretty much concentrated on defending in the second half, um, Darmstadt was really poor using that o- resulting uh, open space. And then English was just like the more committed team in this in this whole game. Darmstadt way too harmless going forward. Um and yeah, uh, with Sandhausen losing to Bielefeld, English has huge ch- chances. Alex actually, uh, it was a good day for him with uh, City winning the, the Premier League and English winning as well, having those chances to uh, staying in the league. I think that was a good day for him. <laughs> yeah, th- th- those City's fans looked really elated after winning the title. <laughs> um, uh, Elliot, uh, we'll, we'll just lightly touch on Darmstadt. Uh, it wasn't their day. The go- some of the goals they conceded were pretty ordinary. Nothing you could say against the free kick that was something special. A rare poor performance we've seen under Gramotzis, and uh, yeah, just didn't really happen for them. Well, it appears that Darmstadt only really like to go play away at, at the big dogs and get a result. Really, um, obviously, you've seen them brilliant results in Köln and Hamburg this season, but I, I it's difficult for. The Mosses side, they had nothing to play for and you're coming up against the hottest team form-wise in the league. They've well, now well, prized the game, they've won the last three, now that's four in a row. Um, and yeah, you do have to give credit really. I think uh, they, they, they deserve, just given their recent form in the past 10 games, not to have this relegation playoff. Um, but yeah, odd off day from Darmstadt um, but yeah if you've not already seen it have a look beautiful beautiful free kick from Sonic Hittle I'm, I'm going to put it up there I think that's the best free kick scored in the league this year um, pinpoint <clears throat> top bins right in the corner um, 
But yeah, it was Darmstadt's first defeat since the 28th match day. And again, obviously we'll, we'll praise Ingolstadt a lot, but Dimitri Gamosis deserves a lot of credit for really taking a relegation threatened side and propping him up quite happily in 11th now. So good season in their regard. That has it has been a good uh, resurgence from them. We'll head to Duisburg. Uh, seven goal thriller this one, uh, but it was Heidenheim who took the victory, four goals to three. The defeat took ensured that Duisburg will be playing Drittsliga football next season. Whether they had won or it wouldn't have mattered, it was academic with Ingolstadt's victory. Goals for Stoppelkamp, Abomhauer and Dashner. And then for Heidenheim, Glatzel, Tomala, Dorsch, who was unbelievable in this game. And Dustin Bomhout scored for both teams his own goal, pretty much summing up Duisburg's season in a nutshell. If you haven't seen it, do go and see it. It is flabbergasting at best. Um, Elliot, we'll start with Duisburg. Uh, last season they were they were in the top seven. This season it has been an unmitigated disaster, and they go down. Yes, uh, rightly deserved. They've been poor all season, and uh, we'll touch on it later in our topic questions. But just really lack quality in the squad. They didn't invest in the summer. Didn't improve in any regards. And it's a competitive division. And if you stand still, you're going to regress. And that's clearly happened here. Um, brilliant games for the neutral, obviously. Seven goals, end-to-end football. Um, Got to say, it was a shame for Kevin Muller. One of the goals came from a penalty. Keeper made two uncre- incredible saves. Um, unfortunately, the third rebound was scored. Um, but yeah, I think the DFB might be investigating this game because it's got to be match-fixing with that own goal. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen it at home, but really, 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 just have a look at the highlights. Um, <laughs> comical own goal. The ball is coming down. There's no one stood around him. And he, for some reason, just stands still, heads it past his goalkeeper. Brilliant goal. Um, but yeah, obviously, right, trying his hardest to get his team relegated. And congratulations, you have done so. He, he was in a he was in a generous mood. He, I think he wanted to score for both sides. Uh, Eva, which game? Sorry, sorry, you go. No, which you go. game was it? Where they had the? I think it was in the, the Bundesliga. Adam, the ball was in the air, and the keeper just stands there, and it hits the back of his head and goes in. Yeah, it's uh, worse back, than that. I think it was back in the nineties when uh, that, the goalkeeper yeah. was playing for Cottbus or something, and and he just watches yeah. the ball cannon onto his head and, and into the back yes. of the net. Um, oh, well, this is worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, on to Heidenheim. A, a, a crucial win for them, uh, and it actually puts them in a position where they could challenge for fourth place. Either um, it's been an excellent season for Frank, Frank Schmidt's side. I know that they're not in a position to go up or challenge for the playoff, but a massive improvement from last season for them, and I think their fans would be really happy. Yeah, definitely. I think what was really important in this game, uh, they lost to Zantausen, so they didn't really want to lose against another um, yeah, relegation candidate. And uh, I think that's why they always scored right away. I think that, uh, but still, it's against the side that's more or less already relegated to, to concede three goals. Well, um, yeah, but anyway, it's. Um, yeah, it has been a great season for them. 
I think when you when you look at the points, I think Aminia was in fourth place last year with 49 points. We have that. That is really, really quite crazy when looking at the uh, standings now. But yeah, I think um, although Shinatara wasn't in from the beginning on, they good really good game. Those were a couple of games where the rest of the team uh, had chances to... Yeah, show what they can do even without the captain playing. And yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what, uh, who they're maybe getting um, in the summer break. And yeah, we we might see a similar season next year. That we will we'll go to our last Group 2 game, which was in Sandhausen. They knew at least a victory would be enough to secure safety. They did not do such things. Extending Eva's birthday streak to 14. <laughs> Armenia 3, Sanhausen 0. Klaus Yabo and Volgusama in the goals. Uh, that's 17 for the season for Fabian Klaus. And that's now six goals against Sanhausen for Andreas. Volgusama, Eva, uh, a good win for Armenia. And it ensures, effectively, a top nine finish, which seemed pretty inconceivable earlier on in the season. Yeah, I think uh, you have really to have to give credit to Uwe Neuer. He did a huge job uh, since uh, since the winter break. I think, um, and that is something a lot of Armenia fans really really look forward to to next season with looking key as more time to actually getting to know the team, and um, yeah, but also. Um, that 3-0 I Amina mean, was pretty much efficient, I think, from Zandhausen was really poor in, in the duels. Like just look at the goals. It's mainly all are pretty much because the Zandhausen players don't do anything, especially that first goal. I think Klaus stands there with four defenders around him, but they just don't attack him, so he just puts the ball into the net. Um, also, uh, letting Yabo score, who was really poor in that game, who has been poor for a couple of weeks now. And yeah, um, but anyway, um, I, I think Fogusama has now 13 goals this season, which is his personal um, yeah, best for, for Zweite Liga, which I do like to see. Also, my dad said if Dakfus isn't scoring because he always scores against the Minia, then he, he gives free rounds to everyone more or less. <laughs> so that was fun. Uh, no, but um, really, really grown up performance, I'd say. Uh, same against Paderborn. Now we have two, two games in a row with a clean sheet, which is pretty good for Ortega, for defence, which got a bit rumbled up with that whole burner thing. I don't want to get into it too much. Um, but yeah, the good win. It was a good win. Um, Elliot, for Sandhausen, not ideal. It makes for a nervy match coming up, knowing that they now have to be wary that an Ingolstadt side who is in really good form could steal that last automatic safety spot. Wasn't a good game from them. Uh, what did you see that might be a little bit worrying heading into this week's fixture? Um, defensive errors, to be honest. I thought Marcel Schubin didn't have the best game in the Sandhausen <clears throat> goal. Um, it, it's, it's difficult to be overly critical, really. Um, 
they were unbeaten in the previous eight games. So obviously, that record was bound to go out of the way um, sooner rather than later. Um, Eva, I want to say that me being on the pod clearly isn't a curse for Armenia, as they got a beautiful <laughs> away win, three goals away from home um, as well. But no, I think when it comes down to the final match day, I, I, I gotta say, I do think that the Sandhausen fixture is easier for them to pick, off, pick up the points here. Um, yeah, they've, where have they got to go again? Yep, it will be interesting. That is for certain. We'll head to our group three games in just a moment. We're going to start with St. Pauli when they hosted Bochum. Lewandowski. Yes, and we're back with the Group 3 games. St. Pauli hosted Bochum, and it was the only 0-0 draw of the match day. Uh, Considering their poor recent record against St. Pauli, I'm pretty sure Bochum fans would be quite happy with a point at least. A game with great atmosphere, but no goals. Hintzazir was probably the one with the best chance of the game, 51 minutes in, forcing a really good save from Robin Himmelman. A game that all told, didn't have a lot. Elliot, you were there. The atmosphere definitely didn't match the overall spectacle on the pitch. Oh, what what an incredible place. Um, yeah, packed out Millantor with 3,000 travelling Farfell fans. It was a spectacle. Well worth the trip up to Hamburg, which also is a beautiful, beautiful city, if you're planning um, on coming to Germany. But yeah, um, Nil nil. Considering Farfell's recent record away at St. Pauli, potentially not the worst result. However, to be honest, um, first half chances few and far between. Little throw part on. Whereas Robin Robin side really grew into the game. Second half had quite a few chances. Obviously, Hintzair forcing a great save out of Himmelman. Um, but then Jean Vuille as well. He had two or three half chances. But it was a game dominated by goalkeepers. Really. Uh, Manuel Riemann put in a very, very, very good performance. His 11th clean sheet of the season, which is enough to put him into kicker's team of the week for um, this game week. Uh, but yeah, Riemann and Himmelman dominated, point away from home, but again, it does little for both sides. And Lukai, to be very honest, he it was incredibly defensive in his post-match press conference. So... Who knows whether his days are numbered, but he's still yet to really pick on and find any good form and victories. No, he hasn't. We'll go to Auer. Uh, they hosted Greuther Furt. Uh, two goals in this game, one each, all coming in the span of a four-minute stretch. Union Green opening the scoring, uh, and then Jan Holscheid's excellent goal on 20 minutes, giving Auer a share of the spoils. Uh, Eva, a game that... Really had not a lot of significance for our For Furt, it guaranteed their safety in the Spider Bundesliga for another season. So for them, very much job done. Yeah, and uh, that was uh, kind of the, the second half of the game, I'd say. Um, I think both defences were really stable throughout the game. Um, <laughs> as uh, Danny already said, the Horshai goal might have been offside. I did not see any, um, yeah, live pictures of that. But yeah, well, that really fits into the season. Um, yeah, and that second half was just a serious duels uh, between those two penalty boxes. Then both teams had their chances. Yeah, it's um, 
it, I think it was not really a pretty game to watch through uh, throughout those 90 minutes. But yeah, in the end, uh, Fürth, I think they didn't want to risk to to concede another goal. And yeah, they're now safe with 39 points. That they are. But there was something bizarre that happened prior to the game, Eva, which you brought to my attention uh, on Monday morning. Yeah. Australian time, very odd comments made by their club president. Would you mind running through what he said um, and, and your thoughts on, on what he said after that game? Yeah, so uh, the president of Edgar Biga, our Hege Leonard, uh, did like a yeah, pre-match pre um, yeah, statement, whatever that was. Uh, and like already throughout his whole speech uh it was kind of really pathetic like like a lot of pathos in it uh you had the feeling that somebody from the 40s was talking to you and then because it was uh, mother's day in germany on sunday um he he said something like mothers are the yeah they're everything that builds up our society so every woman that is in the stadium and isn't a mother yet become a mother to forward the our dna and that, that is just wrong to say on so many levels because yeah like it's really, it's really a sexist view to say, okay, the uh, the only thing you're here to do is getting children, so that's your only job you have to do. I think as a woman in the stadium, I would have been like, okay, well, this is this is a bit weird, and it's uh, a lot of people said, yeah, the thirties called, they want their yeah world <laughs> world image back, and that yeah, that's. It's also what some of the our fans posted. Yeah, we know what you meant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good for you. But for the rest of the people, that sounds completely wrong. And from the club to celebrate this statement in that way is completely wrong from the social media team. Um, I think as as a female our fan, I would have been really pissed after that game. And fair enough. I mean, it's not... A particularly welcoming kind of comment to make. Um, it's not not that I can understand it any particular way, but it's just ill timing. Uh, we, we have obviously, you know, we're in a, we're dealing with the the kind of sexism that surrounds you know society at the moment, and you know, just adding another thing to the list is not exactly ideal, especially when you have a couple of people in German football who tend to make wrong comments at the wrong time and this was another one uh, the last of our games for match day 33 was in Kiel they hosted Dresden Kiel's run of form recently has been really poor but they got the job done three goals to nil, goals for Lee Jae Sung Jonas Meffert and, and Hoke Val uh, ensured that they got back to winning ways and it became the fifth consecutive match for Dresden that they failed to score against Kiel uh, Elliot just a quick word on this one uh, good performance for Kiel. Really got back to the way they like to play, and uh, and a job done for them. Yep. Uh, last week we said after losing the pass through to Volta would demand a reaction from his side, and that's exactly what they got. Signed out at home in emphatic style, and yep. Holstein Kiel playing nice, expansive attacking football, and really showed why they were 
up and around the promotion hunt for the first half of the season. But yeah, potentially disappointing end to the season for them, but good to see them get back to winning ways. Yeah, and uh, of course there is uh, the rumours going around that uh, Stuttgart are trying to hire Tim Walter as their head coach. Uh, but Kiel, according to many sources, have decided that they don't want Walter to leave. W- what kind of an impact do you think he's made on Kiel in, the, in his first season for them to really be ultra-defensive in keeping him at the club? Um, you you just, just, just go look at what he's done, really. Obviously, finishing third last year, many would have expected him to kick on from that. But second season syndrome, it's always a, a difficult thing to re-establish yourself. Quite a few teams know how you play, who your best players are. So, yeah, I mean... I mean, obviously, re- recently the, the form hasn't been very good, but by all accounts, he's a brilliant man manager. Uh, really got some big crowds, always full stadium in Kiel. Um, and I think they would be stupid to let him go. If you've got a success of someone and you know it's working, keep hold of him with all regards. And we'll see, obviously, in the relegation playoff whether Stuttgart will be in the division or not, but might not be a huge step, to be honest. Could be a sideways one, whereas Kiel they can build something and they could potentially kick on and challenge in a year or so. That they could. That concludes our Match Day 33 review. We'll take a quick break and we'll kick off with Match Day 34, the last match day of the 2018-19 Spider Bundesliga season. We'll start with Dresden when they host Paderborn. Yes, and we start our Match Day 34 preview in Dresden. They host Paderborn. Massive game for Paderborn. A win, and they're in. They will automatically go up to the Bundesliga, securing a double promotion. Last team to do that from Dritteliga to Spider Bundesliga to Bundesliga was Darmstadt. Of course, uh... It is the 16th meeting between the two sides. Paderborn were the winners in the last fixture. Three goals to nil. Um, Eva, obviously, all to play for for Paderborn. They know what's at stake, but it's been a while since they've won in Dresden. Can they do it? I think definitely. Um, I think because they're mentally, they're on top of things. Um they they have plenty of players that can decide the game and um i don't think it's going to be an easy game for them to win but i'm quite sure they will although um i heard some Paderborn fans who do the podcast as well um they saying they're wishing for a calm season for once um although that won't happen anyway so uh yeah it's and yeah, it's go- it's going to be really tough. Um, although I think Paderborn would have like would be the team that has better chances against Stuttgart than Union, personally. Yeah, I tend to agree with you on that. But the way they're playing, you just can't see them not going up, no matter what the results are this weekend. Um, Elliot, and a lot has to go down to Stefan Baumgart. We've talked about the players and how they've been able to to work his system, but we don't talk about him quite as much as, say, other managers like Urs Fischer uh, and Fang until he he got the axe. Um, But the job that Stefan Baumgart has done has been remarkable. 
Yeah, and getting back to that promotion, any league is an incredible feat. Uh, and yeah, potentially lesser known manager, that's why he's got under the radar a fair bit. But if he can achieve his promotion, it is one of one of the most impressive things I've seen in the past few years. And obviously, bar the dip in form, losing um, at Armenia, they've won four out of the last five. If there's a team at the moment who are looking like they're hungry and ready for the Bundesliga, it is Paderborn. And yeah, obviously, both teams really have to win a match day. We'll cover it next. Udion going to Borkum, but I do predict that Paderborn will have it in them to go straight up just because their form is scintillating at the moment. Yeah, it really is hard to go past them. And that will bring us to the second game of importance for that promotion place. Uh, Union Berlin making the travel to Bochum. Uh, when the two sides met, it was a 2-0 win for, for Union. This is the 21st meeting between the two sides. Uh, Union have won 11 of those matches. But they've had a tough time travelling to the Ruhrstadion, Elliot. So potentially... They could play the ultimate party pooper for their automatic promotion place and send them to the playoff. Yeah, in the post-match interviews, um, Manuel Riemann and Antti Lozilla both spoke quite passionately about how they don't want to see another team celebrating at our homes. And I think they're going to be more than up to be party peepers, to be very honest. Um, disappointing under for foul foul. Um, Away from home, abysmal. Uh, Worse in the league. Don't think we've won second half of the season away. Um, however, at home, we have picked it up, I think, 10 points in our last tw- out of a possible 12 from our previous um, four games. So, again, it's going to be an interesting one. Ulyan Berlin, I think, rumoured to bring in around 5,000 fans or so. So, it should be a sold out stadium and a beautiful, beautiful stadium. Um, but yeah, this is definitely the tricky game, and I I can honestly see a draw here. To be honest, a draw won't be enough. As we've talked about, even if Paderborn lose, goal difference will be in favour of Paderborn. They need Paderborn to lose, Union to win. That will guarantee automatic promotion. If not, they will be playing Stuttgart next week in the first leg of the relegation playoff. Uh, Eva, massive game, obviously for Union. It's the one thing the heart that is that's so difficult to to not look at is their very ordinary away form. They would have loved to have had this game at home. Obviously, uh, it's going to be tough for them to get a result. Yeah, it's um, especially playing at the as Elliot mentioned. Uh, Bochum is quite motivated at home, um, especially it's their last home game, so it's going to be really tough. Um, it's going to be interesting to see whether the results are going like the results in Dresden will be yeah live shown uh, because some teams don't want that they just want to focus on themselves. Um, but I to to just sum up this season it would it would be fun if Union wins Paderborn as well but still Paderborn goes up. Um, but I would tend to agree with uh, Elliot that we see a draw. There we have it. That's the promotion side of our Group 1 games. We will also now focus on the relegation playoff scenarios. The first of those games will be Heidenheim and Ingolstadt. Ingolstadt obviously sitting in 16th place in that playoff spot. They've met eight times. 
they've won six of... Sorry, they've met seven times. This is the eighth meeting. They've they've never lost this fixture. Six wins and one draw. So hist- historically, this is the perfect fixture for Ingolstadt. Uh, Eva, it's a tough place to get a point at Heidenheim. They know they need to win. Can they do it? It's really tough. Um, I think uh, Heidenheim wants to give their fans a good ending to this season. They will definitely put up a fight. Um, it's but seeing how they gave up goals to to Duisburg last Sunday, I think Ingolstadt has a chance here. Um, so I think it's not. No, I, I think Ingolstadt can get three points off this. I think they can as well. It's not inconceivable. They've never lost at the Voith Arena. That draw coming last time out at the Audi Sport Park. They know a win won't be enough. They need Sandhausen to lose. If they take care of business, they will be safe. So, Elliot, you look at Heidenheim. I like Bochum and Dresden, two teams that want to finish the season the right way, give their fans something to cheer about. Heading into the off-season, um, you know that they don't want to allow Ingolstadt to win, obviously. Um, how, how do you see this game? From a Heidenheim perspective, how do you think they'll go with this one? Um, uh, I, I, I think this is really difficult for Ingolstadt, to be honest. Even though their recent form has been incredible, Frank Schmidt is going to want to end the season on a high. It's, I mean... Obviously, we'll, we'll touch on it in just a moment, but it is a lot harder than going to Yarn Manageless at the moment. So I can't see Ingolstadt winning, to be honest. And yeah, they'll be fine, in my opinion, in the relegation playoff. And their recent form and resurgence has been incredible. But I think it could just be too much at the final hurdle. We will see with that, of course, the team that... Either them or Sandhausen will be playing will be Vahen Wiesbaden. So that leads us to the sandhausen Ian Regensborg game. Uh, this is the 17th meeting between the two sides. When they played last time out, it was a two-all draw. For Jan, this will be a farewell for Akim Bialorza. This will be his final game in charge for Jan before he heads to Greener's Pasture with FC Köln. Uh, it's been a while since Sandhausen has won in Regensborg. Since 2013 was the last time they achieved that. So historically, Elliot, there is hope for Ingolstadt that Sandhausen could get beaten by their Bavarian neighbours. Or do you think that the blip against Bielefeld will spur them on to get a result in Regensburg? I think it would be similar to Paderborn lose to Bielefeld and then kick on and get a good result afterwards. I think it's a little blip in the, in the radar and that will make them realise how much danger they're potentially in and obviously it's a must-win game for them. Um, so yeah, my prediction is a Sandhausen win and Scott Wooten to score a few. Well, he's been one of Andrew. His... Andrew. Andrew. <laughs> he has been one of the more prolific scorers in the League 17 for the season. Uh, Eva, of course, this will be a day of celebration for Jan. Uh, it's been another good season for them. They say goodbye to Bielorza. Um a massive game in the sense that, you know, they want to go off the right way. We've seen teams say goodbye to managers and then get absolutely pumped. Can they get a result at home? We know they've been a bit patchy at home this season. Will they send him off the right way? 
I do think so. I think they will have a lot of self-confidence coming up that that Köln game. Um, it's going to be really tough for Zandhausen. They definitely need to improve um, their, their whole performance compared to what they did on the weekend. Um, and... But also Regensburg is famous to to give us some yeah easy goals I'd say so yeah it's it's going to be an interesting game to watch I'd say but uh, I go with the draw actually I think I don't see a team winning here and of course the draw might be enough unless for example Ingolstadt were to win four goals to nil. Uh, that would be the scenario. We will take a quick break. We'll preview the rest of the fixtures in Group 2. We'll start in Bielefeld when they host Kiel. Yes, and we start the Group 2 fixtures in Bielefeld. We'll run through all the games uh, for match day 34 here. A lot of these teams really have nothing to play for except for pride and potential readjustment in the standings. So Bielefeld will be the first place that we will start. They host Holstein Kiel. Uh, last time the, the two sides met, it was an Armenia win. In fact, it was the first game in charge for Uwe Neuhaus. Uh, this is the ninth meeting between the two sides. Eva, um, this is a game obviously you will be at. Uh, exciting. I'm sure there'll be a great atmosphere uh, in the arena, what hope do you have of getting a result against a kill side that was very impressive last time out? Well, I think um, it's going to be, although no side has uh, something to play for, uh, I think it's going to be a good game to watch, actually. I think um, Armenia comes from, from, from those two wins in a row. Uh, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's it's hard to predict someone to win though because Kiel is Kiel, but although they never won a Bielefeld before in those eight games, um, yeah, I'd, I'd go with a draw. I think it's it's hard to to look past Kiel's offense. Uh, it's going to be the last games for Kinsambi and Schindler. Kinsambi will be not really amused thinking that he will uh, transfer to a Bundesliga side. But, well, that uh, worked out great. But, yeah, I, I'd go with the draw. Probably should have done the Hintersier thing and waited until the end of the season to see where they were. So he would understandably uh, be upset. Um, interesting thing, Fabian Klaus and Christian Sakovitz. I hope I pronounced his name right. Uh, top scorers in this fixture with two apiece, both Armenia players. I think uh, this game will end in a draw, but hopefully a good spectacle all round. We'll move to Magdeburg. They host the champions, Köln. Bit of an interesting atmosphere this will be. Of course, this will be Köln's last game in the Spider Bundesliga before going up. And Magdeburg's last game in the league before dropping down to the Dritte Liga. Um, Elliot, of course, Köln not really ending the season the way that many of them expected to against a Magdeburg side that has been really ordinary defensively. Do you reckon they'll be able to take advantage of that? Um, potentially, yes. That's right, that was a very, very sceptical answer. Um, yeah, Magdeburg, obviously, very, very, very well-supported well team. Uh, their fans haven't had a lot to cheer for this season. Obviously, there was issues with their train with the Borkham game, and now... In Uli, I think there was some crowd disturbances as well. But I 
I don't know. It's it's a bit of a damp script, to be honest. Kern are expected to go and win, but it's, it makes no difference either way. I'm not selling this game very well at all. Um, but, no, in all honesty, I, I can't see past FT here. Um, yeah, it'd be nice for them to end the season on, on, on a high. Perhaps the idea of not finishing bottom of the standings might be enough to spur Magdeburg, especially considering the fans have provided some very good uh, support. We saw the the, the, the choreo at the uh, the Union game, which was quite uh, impressive. Um, so perhaps they might want to give their their fans something to cheer about what's been a turbulent first season for now in the Spider Bundesliga. We'll move to Hamburg. Uh, they host Duisburg. This is the 63rd meeting between the two sides. Um, and you have to go all the way to 20 years. In the past 20 years, Duisburg have only won this fixture once. That was back in 2007. Maybe a bit of hope. That was in Hamburg. So, Eva, I know Duisburg down. Uh, Hamburg underachieving from what the expectation is. Um this might seem a bit over the top. Potential right situation if they were to lose to Duisburg. Yeah, it's it's a game where the first one did not want to stay in the league. The second one wanted to stay in the league. Um, it's yeah, I think to go total highest foul, this would be a game they would lose, but. I do not think that will happen. I think um, yeah, they should win this game, but nevertheless, it's has foul, so we might be surprised. Um, both both teams want to to bring the season to a worthy end, especially the Duisburg side um, put up a good fight in those last couple of games. They might challenge has foul to to some. Yeah, some points, but yeah, it's still see how far win here. It's interesting because when you look at it, some of the players at Hamburg are essentially playing for a contract for next season. A few of them are out of contract, um, and by staying in the league, uh, they're obviously going to be subjected to less money. Budget will be tightened. Uh, we've already seen that Lasaga will be on his way out at the end of the season. Uh, they want. I don't know if they want to tear up Bobby Wood's contract when he returns on loan from Hamburg. He's he's due to make three and a half million next season. Um, so I'm sure they don't want that dead money, but I'm sure they'll want a club to take that. Not sure who on earth would want to touch that contract, but I'm sure there is a club silly enough to do so. So so for some of them, they've got plenty to play for. Um, but I don't know the way they're playing, the the breadth of confidence they could easily lose this game. And the scenes in Hamburg will be of disdain and distaste. And fair enough, they've grossly underachieved. The other team that's in Hamburg, who have started later in the season, the coaching change hasn't really worked. They they travel to Greuther Fert. Uh, this will be the 30th meeting between the two sides. Um, 11 of those previous 29 have been won by Greuther Fert. Um, Elliot, this is quite a big game for St. Pauli, but more so for Jos Luhukai, who hasn't convinced anyone that he was the right man for the job. A win maybe swayed for some that he could lead them going forward? Um, maybe, yeah. But as I alluded earlier, honestly, I've, it, was, it, was, it was such a bizarre press conference. He, I, 
a team and a friendly question came in and he just he was getting so defensive every question taken as a criticism to himself which I don't think it was intended as but he seems well and truly on the ropes um, as, as you said managerial um, switch hasn't changed at all he was complaining that they're missing 10 or so first team players so I think he feels like his judgment's been slightly unfair, but just look at Fafa Bochum. We've had the exact we've worst injury issues at all and haven't really used that excuse to the same extent. But I think this game's got draw written all over it. But as the future of Zan Pauli goes, I really don't know if he's the man uh, to take the side forward. And yeah, we'll see post-season. It'll be a bold move if they were to get rid of him, but... I, again, the, the the team didn't play with any real vigour or passion. They failed to be the worst travelling side in the division, Borkholm, away from her, so at, in front of their home supporters. So, first in terrible form too, but I think this is going to end in a draw and potentially end his reign. Yeah, it feels like we, we've talked we've talked about him at nauseam, but fairly so. Um it's it's an easy thing to use that as an excuse, and for if you're missing key players, that's fair enough. But um, you have to believe in the players that are coming in, and you just don't feel like the players that are coming in believe in him as a manager, uh, and and with reason. I don't think he inspires any sort of confidence. He was a good manager ten years ago when he helped Augsburg get up, but I think he's lost the touch and and potentially. Would be a wise move for, for St. Pauli to move on from him. From a Kreuterfurt perspective, we should talk about them for a little bit. Um, job done for Stefan Lytle. Uh, he's kept them up. He's done what he was brought in to do. Um, in, I think you know the Furt fans would be glad that they're up uh, and staying in the league for them. Not a lot to play for. Give them fans something to cheer about. Should be a well-supported game, all told. That brings us to our last... Game of match day 34, uh, Darmstadt host Erzgebirge Auer. When the two sides met on match day 17, it was a two-all draw. Only the sixth meeting between the two sides. Darmstadt have won three of those. Uh, either a game with null significance whatsoever, but both just happy to be in the league for another season. Yeah, and I think it's it has written draw all over it. I think Darmstadt hour this season it does sound like a draw <laughs> I I'd say um and I think it's what we're going to get out of, out of this game as well it's um uh, both teams have been relatively poor this season uh in the end they did what they had to do to to stay in the league and i think that's how this game is going to have, yeah have have the result that replicates that yeah had had Darmstadt been playing uh, an opponent in the top 6 i would have been inclined to say that Darmstadt would go on and win the game as as Elliot alluded to they seem to get up for the big games um I will go with a draw with this one, but wary that our can spring surprises away from home. Uh, they, when they're on, they show no fear going forward. Um, unsure what kind of our team we're going to get from them. Same with Darmstadt, in the sense, what mentality Gramotzis will instill with them. Uh, it, it'll it'll depend really on how they come out of the tunnel. Will they be jet up for the game? You hope they will be. Um, 
but we will have to wait and see. That is the conclusion of Match Day 34's preview, final match day of the season. We'll take a quick break. We'll answer your topic questions in just a moment. Yes, and we enter the topic question part of the program. We have four very good questions to answer today. And we'll start with Dennis at Dennis ZZZ Sport. He's our resident Jan Regensborn Borg fan who tunes in, goes to the game. You can find him on Twitter. Very passionate supporter. Uh, he wants to talk about Akim Bialorza, who, of course, is making the move to Köln next season. He asks who would be candidates for the Jan Regensburg job next season. Dennis says that he would like ex-Nürnberg manager Mikkel Kuhner as he has experience in the first tier. There are a number of managers who have experience in the second tier who are available. Whether they fit the club, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I'm sure they would like to have Heiko Herlich back. He was the one who brought them to the Spider Bundesliga. Um... Other than that, the list is pretty lean. Um, Elliot, who would you think would be a, a good fit for Jan, the first team anyway? Yeah, it's it's an incredibly difficult question because obviously Jan, not the most prestigious club, it's going to be hard for them to bring in a big name. So I would think that they'll promote one of their own, to be honest. So potentially Ilya Desbina, uh been in charge of their second team for the previous few years now, but prior to that, he was the chief scout um, at Jan. Been involved at the club since 2007. He's been their interim manager as well. So, um, again, UEFA license. It's, it, 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 I don't know. It is, it is hard. You don't really... I expect that they bring someone from... A bit like Tim Valtteri from like, Bayern Munich Zwei or you know, before he went to Huddersfield or so, um, Wagner came through the Dortmund second team. I think they'll go for that approach rather than bringing in a big high-profile name because to be completely frank, I'm not sure who would go and take on that job at Jan because they have potentially overachieved the past few seasons, not the biggest budget around. But that's my tip. But to be completely honest, that's just a complete stab in the dark. Uh, Eva, do you have a name to throw around that maybe would be interested in taking the, the Regensburg job? Well, uh, as we talked about it off camera, there are plenty of names uh, or plenty of people that are unemployed at the moment. But as Elliot said before, it's Regensburg is not the side you would say, okay, this is this is a very good Zweiter Bundesliga side. That's definitely something you can work with. Of course, they played a good season, but I think, as I get said, it's going to be really hard uh, to find someone that knows his way around but isn't too expensive. Um, yeah, it's uh, so I'd probably go w with Elliot's uh, idea that they will take either one of their own ranks or someone nobody really knows because. It seems those are the best going forward in Svartalinga at the moment. It'll be an interesting job. So, that of course, they would have started the process, you would think, as they prepare for next season. Our next question is from Steel Penguin at Steel Penguin 3. It says, hello, everybody. Given how Dusseldorf is in mid-table, do either Paderborn or Union have a good chance of replicating that? Assuming one or both of those go up... Um, 
potentially looking into the future. Based on the squads as they are, Eva, would either of them be able to sustain performance in the Bundesliga or would they more or less get relegated the next season? Well, it's it's tough actually to say that. I think um, everyone would have expected Dusseldorf to go down straight away. Um, they didn't, um, and but I think for Paderborn it's going to be really tough. Um, of course, they have nothing to play for, similar like this season. Um, but Bundesliga is from the level of football; it, it's a completely different type um it's going to be very tough for both sides you could see how many teams struggled uh, until the end if they stay in le- in the league or not and teams like Schalke for example who who have the money um so yeah it's it, it's hard I think they you can't really tell that already but of given there will be one of the teams, uh, both teams will be um, considered as yeah relegation candidates, number one. Elliot, how, how do you see it potentially playing out if one or both were to go up? Uh, yeah, I think it's potentially unfair comparing them to Fortuna and using that as a um, base. Obviously, this season they have surpassed expectations had a very good year. Uh, but the, the second season is when it becomes the most difficult. First, yes, you can sort of get by. You know, each game's a cup final for you. You're new to the league. No one really has your card down. Whereas, I, I don't know, it is, it is hard. You've got to look at the size of Dusseldorf Stadium too. As club statues go, they're a lot bigger than Paderborn and Urion. So, uh, one, I don't think they'll be able to replicate that. But two, as budget and resources go, I think after back-to-back promotions, it will need a small miracle for Paderborn to survive in the league. But then again, I'm sure people didn't expect them to do this the same uh, in the type of league. So it is hard to predict, but uh, mid-table went dusted off, I don't think either team would get near there, to be honest. It'll be interesting to see, but of course, still plenty of football to play out. Our third question is from Elliot at Elliot R19. Two says, uh, will anybody in the Spider Bundesliga be looking to take any MSL Deuceball players, or are they not good enough to remain in the league? Yeah, I'm gonna read that question. Um, I could, I will name a couple of players who I think would stay in the league. Uh, Cowley, maybe Kevin Voltzer, uh, Lucas Froder. Uh, Wiedwald is obviously returning to, to Frankfurt. Nielsen returning to Fortuna. Um, they're probably the ones that we'll, we won't see again. Um, Elliot, would you agree? Or any other names that, that stick out that a club in the Spider Bundesliga would take a stab at? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree completely there. I think Cowley's definitely their best, best asset. Um, still quite young really can kick on in the title league and be a good asset. And yeah, I think Volta could be their top scorer from fullback, which says quite a lot about their season, to be honest. But yeah, apart from those two, I'm not sure if any other players are 
it's good enough to really make the grade in the first team of another tight league side. Obviously, if you want some numbers on the bench or so, they may lose a few, but it, was, it, is, it is going to be an interesting rebuilding process and we'll see how they get on next year in the Dota Liga. Uh, Eva, um, any particular player, say, from a Bielefeld perspective that you'd like your club to have a go at? We know that Coley has been linked to Armenia. Would he be someone that you'd like to see uh, integrated into the squad in, a, in, a, in, a, in an effort to improve the side for next season? Yeah, I think he's a really good player. Um, maybe, yeah, he he bit underachieved yet in this in this Duisburg team. Um, but I'm sure Armenia will not be the only side that uh, looks to sign him. He will have plenty plenty of teams to go. I'd say, um, yeah, for Duisburg, it's going to be really tough to to keep players um interesting to see is like players like Stoppelkamp yeah Wolze anyway maybe they will stay um but anyway it's going to be very tough for Duisburg to get right back I I I think they will stay in the Liga for for a bit longer from now on we will wait and see what happens there. Our last question is from Stuart at Stuart H67. He asks, how did Hamburg get it so wrong and Paderborn get it so right so far? Do Union Pad- or Paderborn have what it takes to get past Stuttgart? And Paderborn, he says that Paderborn have been on fire. Union have been studded to third place recently. Surely that will have a bearing on the playoffs. Um... It's a long response for Hamburg as to what's gone wrong. Uh, many will tell you that they pulled the trigger too wrong. Uh, one of the guys who listens to the podcast, massive Hamburg fan um, at Hamburg Haasfeld News. Um, you can find him on Twitter. He's the perfect place to look for all things Hamburg. He'll tell you that Tietz sacking was incorrect. They didn't trust the system. Sacked him after 10 games. Brought in someone like Wolf, who is very regressive in in the way that they play, and it's proven to be the case. Um, didn't have, you know, we, as many of us thought, the squad was quite good. Didn't really add too many names, but they weren't in a position where they could. Um, so it's it's understandable to see where they are. Um, either you look at Hamburg, we look at we'll look at Paderborn. Um, what have Paderborn done to, to get into a position where they are inches away from joining the Bundesliga again? Well, I think, first of all, uh, as I said earlier, they did not have anything to play for. Nobody expected them to be, say, above like 11th place in the standings or so because they were a particular good Dritte Liga side, but like that doesn't necessarily say anything about Zweite Liga and um, then I think the football that Stefan Baumgart is playing is something you don't see very often uh, in leagues below the Bundesliga and he with uh, Kröscher being in charge of transfers and all that he did a huge job getting people from the Regionalliga, look at um, Antje Ajay, look at uh, Prüger, they both came from, from Regionalliga sites. So 
that is something that Highsfeld would not look for primarily. And then, of course, everyone expected them to go up directly to quote Aaron Hunt, who said, I don't care who's becoming second uh, after us. Uh, so you could see the whole mentality in Hamburg was completely different. And Paderborn, everyone said, OK, we get out, out of this season what we get. And I think that's something, even if they don't or would lose and Union would win, so they would be at the playoff spot and then they would lose to Stuttgart. Nobody in Paderborn would say, well, now our dreams are ruined. It's more like, okay, we that is already the maximum we got out of this season. And so I think Paderborn would have would be the better team to play Stuttgart because the way they play, they will really challenge Stuttgart in many ways. And yeah, and I think Union would that would be more or less a, a game on equal terms. There, yeah, that's what is my opinion for that. Elliot, would you agree with the um, the uh, the words of Eva? Do you agree that Stuttgart would very much rather play Union in the playoffs than Paderborn, or do you see it the other way around? Yeah, I think Union are the lesser informed side, so will be more favourable in a playoff scenario. Um, long question, but for, for Hamburg, I I sort of nail it down to two factors really. Firstly, their first season in the Zweite Bundesliga teams travelling there. I mean. Volkswagen is huge, really nice stadium. For a lot of teams, going there, it's a cup final. Uh, quite the novelty of having such a large team in the league. Many thought they'd be down for just a one league as well. So teams would step up their game facing them and it's a big scalp to go and beat, or it was, to go and beat a house foul. So that's one. And you alluded to um, Hannes Wolf's tactics. I think in the Bundesliga, you can get away with being slightly more negative and conservative, whereas especially with the squad that he had in the fighter, you would have expected them to go and demolish teams bar the Hamburg Darbo. I think they put four past St. Pauli. We haven't really seen them go out playing offensive, interesting football to get seats off bums. Um, see them scraping 1-0 victories at home to go to first and the likes of that. So I think negative tactics combined with the great expectation of such a traditional team and clubs stepping up their game to face Hamburg has seen them fail, really. And you're right, it's a big summer. Hannes Wolf is probably, or more than certainly, going to be sacked. Budget's not going to be the same for next year. Many players have contracts. So we'll see if the expectation grows and grows next year. But in hindsight, it is understandable why the expectation hasn't worked for Hamburg and a team like Paderborn that no one really gave too much thought have potentially snuck up. Yeah, would agree with all of that. And that is the program for today. We thank you for joining us once again. We hope you have a good weekend of Spider Bundesliga football and we look forward to you listening to us once again next weekend. Goodbye. Zumindest den versöhnlichen Abstieg des MSV. Oder hat jetzt mal wieder Heidenheim eine gute Idee? Keine Abseitsposition. Doch ist da, das gibt's.